0: Grace to you in peace from God our Father and our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I trust you just not that much. I I don't know if you've ever used those words or heard those words. They, They don't really make a whole lot of sense. I mean, how can you really kind of trust somebody? You either kind of trust someone or you don't. I know I've used those words. You don't have kids. I use them with the dog. If we're going to go somewhere, you can't leave butter on the counter because I trust the dog not to ruin the house, but I don't trust her not enough to not go and eat a stick of butter off the counter. Maybe you've used it with your kids, though, when it comes to driving or, or doing something else outside on their own. Or maybe you've used it with your friends before, uh, if they were going to pull a prank or they were going to try and go have some fun that you really didn't agree with. I, I trust you, just not enough. But I hope, I, I pray that you've never had to use that phrase before God. That answer can't exist before God because you trust God or you don't. God calls for your full allegiance in your heart. You know, Jesus starts off here today, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Your devotion is to God or it isn't. Your heart leans fully on God and His promises or it doesn't. You can't kind of depend on God and try to fill in the gaps elsewhere on your own. Jesus actually uses this as a a summary of the dialogue that comes just before our text where he tells his listeners to store up for themselves treasures in heaven and not treasures on earth where rust and moth destroy and where people come in and steal. He says instead, store up yourselves treasures in heaven because where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And he summarizes by saying, look, you can't serve two masters. You can't serve both God and God and money. So the question is: as your heart is being tugged in different directions every single day, which way is it going to go? Because every single day the world will give you reason and reason and reason again to doubt God. Satan pushes this so hard. Worry and doubt are some of the greatest tools in his toolbox. Just, just think about it. He pushes worry and pretty soon doubt hits. And you're questioning everything God has ever promised. It was the very first thing that he did in the Garden of Eden. He got Eve to doubt what God had told her. And he got her to eat the apple because of it. Ah, the fruit. I shouldn't say the apple. I don't know what it was. But Satan will push worry every single day in our lives to get us to misplace our trust, to get us to doubt God and instead try to put trust in ourselves and the things of this world to to give us a little bit of comfort for tomorrow. It's funny how Jesus personifies money here, or I, I, I've come to like the term mammon. Who here has heard the word mammon before? Ah, few people. It's the, it's the King James. When, when Jesus says you can't serve God and money, King James says you can't serve God and mammon. It's more than just money. It's all the earthly wealth around you that has a negative connotation that pulls you away from God. Very old word, but I think the definition and the meaning behind it is a little bit more, uh, a little bit better than just money. And so, Satan, as he pushes the mammon of the world in your face every single day, Jesus personifies it here, and and he says, "You, You can't let mammon be your master. He personifies it, giving him the title of master. Someone who tells you what to do, someone who commands you, someone who gets you to do their bidding. And while we don't think of money as a master, perhaps, money and wealth and material things talk quite a bit. They say things like, you'll be happier if you have more of me. You'll be happier if you get more wealth so you can do better than the Joneses down the street. You'll be happier and you'll feel more secure if you put some more of me away. And you don't have to worry so much about the future. You'll be happier if you get more wealth because more wealth is power in this world. Money and wealth and material things can talk a lot, but friends, be careful because to listen to that is an endless cycle. Satan does not just let that stop after you've gained enough for tomorrow, but he tells you you need more and more because you need to make sure you're set in this world in case God doesn't come to help you. And pretty soon, your desires are not for your Lord, but trying to pursue everything you can in this lifetime. Now, I understand that it maybe is a fine line between good, wise planning, which the Bible even condones, and perhaps not trusting in the Lord. But the problem is, is that fine lines are easy to cross, especially as sinners. As sinners, fine lines don't really mean a whole lot to us. And pretty soon, we can begin to serve money rather than God. Trying to serve our indulgences instead of what we should be serving as God commands us in this world. It's easy for a sinner who, who tries to get con, uh, to be concerned with the things of this world. It's, it's easier for that sinner to be more worried about their amenities at the expense of their offering than trying to keep the lights on at church. It's easier for someone to worry more about the time they get to spend on the lake than they do for an hour a week on Sunday morning gathered around the gospel. It's not hard as sinners to get more upset about losing our expensive, fun, big uh, toys than it is to losing evangelism opportunities at church because the budget has been slashed. The fine line can be crossed easily, but you can't serve two masters. You can't be on one side of the line and say, I'm still going to serve the Lord over here there's two masters. One of them is going to have to take the back seat. And the question you have to ask yourself every single day is, where is God sitting in my life today? What am I worrying about today? Am I worrying about righteous things or not righteous things? Am I worried about something that God will provide for me? Is this something that I have to do myself? Because God has apparently failed me in the past. No one can serve two masters. You can't serve God and mammon. You can't serve God and earthly wealth all at the same time. Instead, Jesus tells us, therefore, don't worry. Jesus begins this next section with therefore, meaning this is a conclusion to everything he's just said. This is a conclusion about storing up your heavenly treasures because you want to serve God instead of earthly wealth. He says, therefore, which gives a very intimate connection between verse 24 and the rest of our text. Jesus' conclusion to his listeners as people of God is don't worry about those things. Instead, as followers of God, trust in him. And he uses almost every logical argument here to show us that the love of the Father will not fail to provide for his children. He begins with the birds of the air. He says, look, they don't don't work for food. They don't go and grow it and store it in barns and and worry about what the cost of that is and worry about how much they have. He says, God still cares for them. They eat just like they're supposed to. Are you not worth more than the birds are? He, He points to the lilies of the field. And he says there are even more splendor in those lilies than Solomon had. Solomon was known around the world for his splendor, for his garments and his food and his riches and his, his palace. Jesus says not even Solomon was dressed as beautiful as these lilies in the field. They don't spin and try to make these wonderful garments. God takes care of them. And do you, do you not think that you're worth much more than the lilies of the field or the grass which is there today and later gathered up and thrown into the fire? Why would God, if he cares for his creation like that, not care for the crown of his creation? Mankind, the people to whom he had given the earth and said subdue it, fill it, rule the world. Are you not worth much more than the things of this world that he would not care for you and take care of all of your needs? And on top of that, look at all the needs he fulfills and the good things he blesses us with still. More than just our daily bread. How much love the Father's lashed on his people and all the good things that he's given them, especially here in a country where we don't think twice about seeing boats on a lake or seeing people go bowling every weekend. Our Father cares for us not only for our daily needs, but even more out of his love for us. Jesus has used every logical standpoint to say that we don't need to worry. That our Heavenly Father will always provide, and that we don't need to chase after the wealth of the world out of fear. He doesn't promise extravagant gifts. We see Jesus here just say he promises daily bread. You know, he says, don't worry about which what you'll eat or drink or what you're going to wear. All these other things are only on top of that. But first and foremost, even more than that, we have the love of the Father we see through Jesus Christ. Jesus says, and this is, you, you probably know this verse, Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. I hope you know that no matter how much you have or how little you have, this is always your Heavenly Father's first concern for you. That you first seek His righteousness. The righteousness found in Christ. The righteousness that you and I knew nothing of before coming to Christ. Every promise from your Heavenly Father comes through this goodness found in the Savior. And more importantly, the daily blessings that we need, that we've been given... God gives us spiritual blessings on top of that, undeserved, unearned, only given to us by grace because of the love that he has for you and for me. And so with Paul we say, how will our Father not also, along with Christ, not give us all things? If Christ can save us from our sins, clothe us in righteousness, and, and, and give us an eternal salvation that's unfathomable by our own minds, how will our Heavenly Father not also be able to give us the things that we need? The things to bring us real joy in this lifetime. See, that's how Paul, in our second lesson today, could easily say, no matter how much or little I have, he says, I'm content. I'm happy. I have Christ. Nothing changes that. That gift lasts for today and tomorrow and for the rest of eternity. This is God's first and foremost concern for you and he's blessed you with it. This is why if you look at the Lord's Prayer, does anyone know how many petitions in the Lord's Prayer deal with our earthly blessings? One. Fourth petition, give us today our daily bread. Everything else is praying for spiritual blessing from our Heavenly Father. And if He cares enough to have given us those spiritual blessings, we have no reason to doubt or worry anything that he wants or should or would do to take care of his children. You see, we, we know so much more than the pagans. We seek more than just the worldly wealth that we see all around us, that the things that cause us to worry because the world says you need more of. That's not what you and I are always after. We seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Even the pagans worry about what to eat, drink, and wear, but Jesus says you guys will have these as well. You have more than they have. You have more than they have. More than enough reason not to worry. They fall prey to the temptations of wealth and they serve money. And from time to time we do as well. We always will in this world. But we also have the privilege of being able to return to Christ and be blessed with those, that same contentment Paul had. To be blessed with the remembering of the righteousness clothed in us that we have with spiritual food and drinking, with our baptism and the Gospel that we hear every single day. Promises of good things, both in good times and bad times, are yours, brothers and sisters. Your Father takes care of all of your worries in every situation. He he knows your utmost need, which we as sinners don't always even know. And so even when we lack things, when we have little, we know that in all things, because of Jesus, God works for our good, for the good of those who love Him. And so we don't worry. I trust you, just not enough. Fooey. There's no way you could stand before your Heavenly Father with all of this knowledge from the Scriptures and be able to say that. He's met your needs, real needs. And so you needn't be worried Every single day, just look for the promises of your your Father, proven by Christ. Not not just promised here in the Scriptures by Christ, but proven by His death and resurrection. Look for the promises of your Heavenly Father and all the needs that He gives uh, or takes care of for you. He knows what you need, Jesus says. You don't don't even have to ask. Imagine that even before you know, He knows what you need. And, And so we can go forth with this command of His in this world to take the Great Commission and take the Gospel out. We can, we can give to the church without making that our last priority, knowing that our Heavenly Father will not only bless the church with it, but also continue to bless us as well. We can continue to be His subjects and His children without fear, knowing that in this world, all good things will be provided for you and for me. We can walk out every single day, And know that not only are we given our daily bread, but on top of that, He's blessed us with so much more and that His church is such a blessing to be a part of. Serve God with all of these things, brothers and sisters, and don't worry, or as Jesus says, don't be of little faith. Your Father knows what you need, and your Father will always provide what you need, when you need it, not only today, but tomorrow and always. Amen.